Hello and welcome to episode 157 of the Startcast, Press Out Australia's <laughs> weekly video game discussion podcast. I'm sorry, Matt's edited my notes again. Yeah. I'm your host, Ewan Roxburgh, and I'm joined today by my fellow gamers, Stephen. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not stove is written on the notes. Uh, joined by Matt. Oh god, I mean hysterics. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and James. Oh, this is why I don't read the podcast notes <laughs> while I'm podcasting, because I can, you know, say hello to, like a normal person. <laughs> to let you in behind the scenes, I've got a Google Drive, like a like a Google spreadsheet where I write all the week's agenda up. And for some stupid reason, I've not learned my lesson now, and I send everyone the link and they can edit it, and Matt always jumps in there and changes people's names and changes the name of the start cast, adds a bunch of poo jokes and references, it always throws me off. Um, it feels like it's been a while since I've had you on, though, Matt. I've maybe fallen, fallen out of, uh, out of the loop with you and your antics. What are you, what are you playing nowadays, Matt? Uh, I, I, for the first time in a long time, uh, I, I'm, I'm actually a little bit behind, but I've been playing, uh, the latest NBA 2K game. Um, oh, Okay. And Jeez, I didn't think of you were a basketballer guy. Well, I'm not. Is that what you call? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm really not. Uh, so that'll be heavily reflected in the review uh, when it's up. It'll be up shortly. Um, I promise. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, that's probably the most recent thing I've been playing. Other than that, I have uh, I have Spider Man sitting in my PlayStation, and I haven't started it yet. Um, and yeah, I've just been sort of blitzing through Rocket League. Started this whole Rocket Pass thing, which is kind of like the equivalent of like Fortnite's Battle Pass, where you know you, yeah. you play through for a season and you unlock all these you know skins and stuff. Um, and it's kind of cool because like I've I've always enjoyed Rocket League, and I paid I think it was like twelve dollars or something. Um, yeah. And I'm unlocking heaps of stuff, and it's all these you know, custom cosmetic cool. items. So for the first time, because I got it free on PlayStation Plus ages ago, I think it's the first time I've ever really invested some money into it, and I felt like it was probably time to give something back, considering the game was free, technically, you know, back, yeah. back, way back when. So, um, yeah, so it's been fun. Yeah. I've just uh, signed myself up to Season 6 of uh, of Fortnite and got the Battle Pass there. I'm in again, but it's kind of nice. I don't know. I don't feel like I'm... I, most of the time, I'm spending like the V-Bucks that I've earned from the previous Battle Pass anyway. Um, but I feel like it's kind of showing a bit of support for a game that I'm obviously enjoying a whole heap. Um, but Stephen, we obviously had the, the news in the week that, that Sony, uh, or PlayStation, I should say, uh, are finally getting behind the cross-platform progress, and, and they've now freed up the account so that you can take take your account over to the, the Switch or the Xbox, whatever you want to play on. Um, has that enticed you back into it at all? Are you still playing Fortnite? I'm still playing. And, like, I think, A, thank God they did this, like, about yeah. gosh dang time. Like, come on, Sony. I'm glad it's happened. But, like, it did get me to actually download it on Switch because I'd when it was um, announced, I thought it would be a cool idea, but I just couldn't be bothered even making, like, why bother starting again if I, you know, I'll just keep playing on PS4. But yeah, so I was able to sign in on Switch with all my, you know, bring over all my stuff, play it at work for, 
you know, 15 minutes and realize I really don't like the Joy-Cons to play <laughs> Fortnite, so I haven't really played it on there again. But yeah. it's really cool. I guess it... I, I don't know if it fully works this way, but I it looks like it matches you based on your controller input rather than your platform now. So I guess... You know, maybe you'd just be playing against people on all controller-based platforms if you're on a console or... I think it matches platform and controller input. Oh, okay. But then I don't know how specific it gets with the Switch, like, depending on whether or not... Because you could change that mid-game as well. So I think... I, I don't... I don't know, actually. I should look into that. Yeah, I'd be curious to find out, but um, yeah, I'm really glad it's happened. Like, I'm glad that my stuff's not just held hostage on PS4 and, yeah, yeah. I can just play it wherever I want if, you know, if the desire comes across me, I guess I can play Fortnite. Is this the start of a, a slippery slope, do you think, James? A, a PlayStation going to feel pressure to do this with more games going forward? Uh, yeah... That's, <laughs> I, that's, that seems like a, a yes, but no, I don't know. I, I I think they should probably be doing it going forward anyway. So, yeah. Do you think um, it's just going to depend on the popularity of the game? Obviously, like Fortnite. Is yeah, just I guess. Yeah, is that? It. I think it, ha- it happens because Fortnite is such a big thing. Um, it's interesting that it happened after everything died down. I felt like it didn't happen. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it didn't happen in the midst of it all? Like yeah, it kind I thought of, they, they had kind of... escaped it. Like, I thought yeah, the hype was like, over. I thought that was it. But I guess the new Battle Pass just came out. Yeah. Yeah, it was around that time. And who knows? Like, maybe they noticed people were buying less on PlayStation. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Conspiracy theory. X-Files music. <laughs> <laughs> I can add that in in post. I lie, I'm probably not going to add that Um, in the post. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, I don't know. Like, I think that's... I think they should do it for every game going forward, but... I think it'll be interesting to see if it does end up being more of a common thing, because I think it was mainly able to happen here because Epic sort of have their own account system behind the scenes. They don't rely on PlayStation's accounts solely to get accounts, and so I guess other smaller games probably... I don't know, they leverage the platform's own account system so they don't have to run their own, but... Maybe it'll become more of an accepted thing to just, okay, you'll have a separate account for each game so that you can play it across platform, which is kind of annoying, but it it might enable cross-play for more things, which might be worth it depending on who you ask. It's interesting, though, that like Bethesda, I think, do you remember a while ago they were talking Uh about how disappointing it was that Sony didn't do this or whatever? Yeah, Mm. they didn't specify PlayStation directly. No. They very much Yeah, they didn't, sorry. Yeah. Um, and now they're like, with Fallout 76, they're like, no, there's no cross-platform in that. So, hmm. um, I found that interesting. Yeah. Interesting yeah, I wonder how much word. influence they <laughs> yeah. had, if, if any. Um, but speaking of games that we've been playing, um, James, we spoke about it, about it briefly last week, um, about your, your review and sort of progress at that stage with Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Um, but you're now, your review is now obviously out. Um, was there yes. anything you, you wanted to add now having played more of the game on top of like the discussion that we had last week? I think I think that um, the problem I feel like before was I didn't really feel like I could talk about it properly. Yeah. Um, and I was like in those kind of first few hours and I didn't, I wasn't, I don't think I was super positive on it from memory, but... you. I mean, you were pretty positive about it. You, well, we kind I'm, of like, I feel talked better. about it. I feel better about it now, okay. if that makes sense. Like okay. there was this kind of weird apprehension in the back of my head that it wasn't going to be as good because Greece isn't as interesting as Egypt and 
all of that kind of stuff. But mm. as you keep exploring and keep going like further and further out to the different islands and stuff, um, it gets pretty cool. Yeah. I loved some of the screenshots that you'd been sharing on Twitter. It looks stunning. Yes, I've wanted to share them for so long, but you know how, like, you can't... Yeah, yeah, <laughs> embargoes. <laughs> so, so to, yeah, like, it's... It, huh? Sorry. I was, I was going to say, if you had to sum up your, your review, would it be, is Greece the word? Mm. Oh. <laughs> 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 of all your jokes, Matt, I think that one might have just fell the flattest. I think I want to be dead. I, I always, I always <laughs> aim for the lowest, and if I hit that and keep going, then I've won. So, okay, all right. Anyway, <laughs> it's great. <laughs> it's a really good game. Like I, Origins was good, but this is even better. I dare say it's Witcher esque. Wow, in its execution. Like I know people put that game up on a pedestal, which Rightfully I personally so. find a bit frustrating. <laughs> but like I think it's just. It's taken a lot of pages out of the Witch's book, and, uh-huh. and it works really well. And Assassin's Creed, as a brand, I think was like definitely on on the down slot downslide yeah. from what Unity onwards, and then Origins picked it back up. And I think Odyssey's like cemented it. Like it's just even if you don't like Assassin's Creed, like it's still like a phenomenal RPG mm-hmm. set in ancient Greece, yeah, with mythology and. I don't know. It's just a really cool game. Damn it, James! I've got I've got enough to play. Don't don't convince well, me to play Assassin's Creed I'm Odyssey. I'm sure you're as well. playing something shit. So just drop that <laughs> and play Odyssey. I mean, I was Red Dead's out the end of this month. So I know it's ridiculous. Oh, we're three weeks. Exciting. We're three weeks that out <laughs> from Red Dead. Oh, great! Yeah. Can't wait. I love the diversity of opinion we have <laughs> yeah. on this podcast. We, do. we really do. Yeah. Uh, and I suspect uh, those are going to emerge even further as we delve into um, rather meaty topics that we have to discuss today. There's actually a fair amount to get through. Um, but let's start with uh, Nintendo, who might be releasing a new Nintendo Switch console next year. Um, just today, the Wall Street Journal was reporting um, that Nintendo has been in discussion to put out a new version. It sounds kind of like a sort of mid-gen upgrade, although they didn't go into specifics about what, what sort of technical differences there will be um but the idea behind it is to sort of maintain the the sales they've been seeing and remain competitive in the years to come uh matt you're obviously a switch owner we were talking about our switches just before we started uh, recording today's show um would you be keen for an upgraded switch or can you see a need for one uh i can definitely see uh a need for one or how they'd you know they'd be able to improve it um uh-huh. there's there's a lot of sort of I don't know if they're flaws, but I'd say they're they're just sort of design tweaks that I feel like they could make to you know to make it a little more, um, you know, just user friendly. Um, yeah, probably yeah, probably in, in less less in doing with sort of like um, you know weight and stuff, and, and more just like how things connect. I mean, like you know, there's been a lot of first of all, there's been you know mm. the whole sort of warping issue with the the body of the switch where it gets sort of too hot and it starts bending, you know? Um, yeah, that's, it's been a documented issue, even though Nintendo kind of didn't really want to listen to it or accept it. Um, I feel like at the same time, there's also like the, the joy con, the, like the whole joy con connectivity. Um, I, I like, I don't know if you guys get this, but when, when I connect them and, and disconnect them to the console, um, I still feel like it's extremely fragile to a point. Um, 
So I oh, you mean just like physically attaching? Yeah, them? just attaching and dis- and and unattaching them from the console. I, I feel like there's just this fragility that you know that they probably could have worked on a little bit more. Um, just to you know, just to sort of make it a bit more secure and everything. Because like the amount of times that I've been playing and you feel slight movement in the rails when you're playing a game sort of handheld or whatever. Um, I don't know. Like there, I know that you know, N- Nintendo's a company that consistently looks to sort of upgrade their consoles and their handhelds all the time. So I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if there's a, a you know, a revision in the works, but, uh, you know, remains to be seen what they actually do with it. Yeah, I'm actually just, like, poking around my Switch at the moment, and I know what you mean by that, that wobble, actually. I've never actually, like, just gone to, like, shake the Joy-Con a little bit while it's attached, but there is a bit of wiggle there. I never noticed that before. I'm probably not going to be able to unsee that. Uh, Stephen, what kind of specific... uh, uh, Matt's going to touch on a couple there, but what sort of specific differences do you think you would want to see? Would you want to see this be like a kind of a Switch Pro and and have like a significant um, upgrade to it? I don't know. I'm so unsure of what I expect or want this to be because there's so many limitations. If they want to keep compatibility with Joy-Cons, with Labo, with like lots of the sort of physical aspects of the Switch need to stay kind of the same for, you know, even the actual system itself, unless they release a new dock, has to be reasonably similar in dimension for it to fit in the same dock as you've always had. Mm. It, I don't know. I feel like they'd maybe it could just be a newer version kind of like, I don't know, more efficient, kind of like a PS4 Slim, but without as radical a, like, physical overhaul. Like, they'll have a more efficient, um, you know, chipset inside, maybe bigger battery or maybe just better battery life because it's more efficient or something like that. Yeah. But I I don't know how I'd feel about a Pro Switch. Like, I can see why people would want one because clearly, you know, it's not as powerful as other systems and people kind of want to bridge that gap a little bit. But Mm. I, I kind of... I don't know, it goes against... It's it's already expensive, like quite expensive for what it is. And I don't know that going higher in a price bracket is going to be the way that they sell more Switches. I think people that don't have one are mostly turned off by the fact that it's like 429 or whatever the RRP is at the moment. Yeah. And yeah, going, you know, closer to like PS4 Pro, Xbox One X sort of territory is going to... I don't think that's going to attract more people because those people are already satisfied by you know the high-end consoles or by the by a pc or something i guess it just doesn't really make sense to me yeah i think if i was to try and pick my brain for some additions i'd like it frustrates me that it doesn't have bluetooth functionality um i think that would be really useful especially with like so many headphones now being wireless um I, for me that would be that'd be nice but yeah otherwise there's not a whole lot that i could really would be really kind of much of an addition to maybe want to upgrade. Um, but James, there's long been the sort of speculation that they're going to release more of a budget console. As Stevens mentioned there, it is reasonably pricey still. Um, do you think another way that they could increase their competitiveness, I guess, would be to try and mark the console down somehow? I think, like, one thing with the... In Japan, you can buy a Switch by itself, like, without the dock and stuff. Yeah. Um, I feel like that would be a really easy way to mark it down, but then it doesn't really address the like the issue of this, I guess, revision. So mm. I, I think like selling it as a handheld at a cheaper price with no dock would be a cool way to kind of make it make it work. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. That kind of knocks in about ten- like 50 bucks off the price or something, right? Like, the- oh, does it? Is it only that much? I don't, like, I don't know. Because if you expensive. buy a dock set, it's 130 in Australia. Oh, is so it? Okay. Really yeah, the dock, the yeah, dock is so really know- retailing for about uh, 10,000 yen in Japan, which is 100 bucks. Right. Yeah, so like that's if you could knock that off a console, that yeah. would make it a bit nicer. Yeah, you for know? sure. Um, but yeah, it just seems so soon. It does. I know that wasn't the question yeah. you asked, but it seems so soon to have a revision. I kind yeah. of thought a that bit as well. Dickish for the people who bought one because mm. so many people have bought one. It's as what well. second mm. second year in March next year. Yeah, um, yeah, and yeah. I think they're anticipating 20 million units sold by that point, something yeah. like that. Although I think, sort of, if you look at their history, it's less so in, like, uh, home consoles, but I guess in handhelds, usually it's, like, you know, within about two years-ish of the console coming out, you've got the DS Lite, you've got the 3DS XL. It's not not unprecedented for a handheld, but I think it's easier to swallow because those ones are generally a bit cheaper, whereas the home consoles, you kind of spend... 400 plus on them and expect them to kind of be yeah. the one you have for six th- or seven years. And they've, and they've never, like, they've always made out that this is, you know, a home console. Like, they've, they've always steered clear of the Switch being a handheld, like, portable console, mm. right? So it seems a bit, I don't know, it seems like a bit of a mismatch mismatch there i always saw that as a bit of a hedge against like don't worry the 3ds is still relevant guys but yeah i mean yeah it's yeah. all a bit of marketing i think we speak. all saw through it anyway i think um one of the one of the most amazing things just keeping on the on the fact that the switch is doing so well though is uh-huh. i remember when the video the videos first came out about it um and people were out and about playing it and whatever and i'm thinking overseas yeah that's fine but here i don't see that as you know something that's going to be huge the other day I was actually walking through a shopping center and there was a group of people, there were four of them playing their switches on mm-hmm. on a table in a food court of a shopping center. And nice. I think it was that point that I kind of went, okay, hang on, maybe, maybe it, you know, it is happening for once, you know, like you see, what you see in the ads is actually a legitimate thing rather than just being, you know, the hopes and dreams of the company that, that that's what's going to happen. So with, oh, they were all like playing a game together. They weren't, no, like they were, they were all playing, playing on their own switches, but together, like, you know, oh, nice. con- connected. So yeah. 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 That's what happens. That. They've got like local groups in Adelaide that do it. Shout out to the Adelaide Nintendo connection. They have, you know, just sort of meet up all the time and do that sort of stuff. And I've just done it with friends at restaurants. It's, it's nice. It's easy. Uh, but I guess, you know, I'm probably not the normal person, but, you know, it's, yeah, it's doable. Regular people do it, I think. Uh, well, staying on the, the topic of Nintendo, um, they were also in the news today because uh, Reggie, uh, not Philo Pastry, damn it, Matt, edited my notes again. <laughs> uh, is it Philo Me? Is that how you pronounce his last name? Fiza May. Fiza May, thank you. Uh, the Nintendo of America president and chief operating officer was talking about Nintendo's future um, at a GeekWire Summit appearance in Seattle. Uh, and he said that he hopes, or I guess they hope, uh, that Nintendo becomes somewhat of an entertainment company in the future. Um, he identified some like their core business units kind of being um, the uh, game side, obviously, that they're known for, their new entry into like mobile gaming, um, but then this larger sort of entertainment space being like their theme park interests and obviously their partnership with Illumination Studio, sorry, Illumination Entertainment, um, the people behind this book will need to make a new animated Mario film. Um, but yeah, he was very much identifying this as being the direction they want to go into and kind of moving more into the broader entertainment space beyond just gaming. Uh, James, back to you. Do you think this makes sense for Nintendo? 
um, to yes. be an entertainment <laughs> company and move away from games a little bit? I, I get, like, I guess a little bit. Um, it's I just don't trust Nintendo to do that <laughs> the right way. Um, Nintendo have always done this kind of thing where they do something really cool and then there's always like three other terrible things that kind of balance it out. Uh-huh. Um, or they do something really cool and there's a weird caveat that goes with it that makes it terrible. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just... I just would rather them just focus on games at the moment. Uh-huh. <laughs> I know it's a little bit selfish of me to say that. Um, but I just think they're starting to kind of really hit their stride again with games. Like, why mess that up potentially... But then, at the same time, I guess their brands are so, like, kind of mass market appealing. Mm. Like, why wouldn't they as well? Like, I see both sides of it, honestly. Yeah. So, uh, um, Matt, you're a, you're a big movie guy. Um, you know, you've, you've made movies in the past, and I know you're a, a fan of going to the cinema yourself. Would you like to see more Nintendo properties kind of grace the silver screen? That is a very loaded question. Um <laughs> In in some respects, uh, if they can do it right, I mean, like, if it's Illumination Entertainment, I can kind of picture it as being, like, I don't know, something Minions-related, like Mario and Minions do, you know, Mushroom Kingdom Ugh. or something. Um, look, in all honesty, in all honesty, <laughs> that's how I, I see it going, if that's, if that's the case, purely because, you know, like... Mario, like Mario, and a lot of the Nintendo properties, like Pokemon aside, a lot of the Nintendo properties are not in the same vein as sort of like the Sony properties, where they you know, they they're really sort of movie makeable uh, franchises. I mean, like Last of Us, Uncharted, whatever. You can turn them into movies because you could sort of boil down the story until you get something that will fit in half uh, hour and a half to two hours. Um, what mm. what exactly do you do with like Mario and stuff that hasn't already been done? I mean, like if you make a, a Legend of Zelda movie, does that mean that you literally get a, a protagonist that doesn't actually have any lines, just ra- goes around going, hur, hur, you know? Um, that was a very yeah. poor imitation of Link, but you get what I mean. Well, I got the idea. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What about um, like a a TV series? That's like Twin Peaks or Desperate Housewives. Mm. Those are two very different animal, okay. things, but yeah. sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know where you like, go with you know, this now. <laughs> no, wait. Well, see, you'll see it like murder mystery kind of in a small town uh-huh. with drama, but with Animal Crossing characters. Oh, well, damn. Look, oh, that would actually, actually be really sick. Um, yeah. You know. Like, who murdered Reese? Yeah. Who knows? But Me. I'm kind of imagining, like, the wolf, uh, the wolf Among Us, but. <laughs> yeah. <crossing. laughs> like, that's. Gritty Animal Crossing. <laughs> that'd be. Yeah. That'd be. Yeah, that'd be seriously. Like, seriously I'd great. Want what it about to be a really gritty R rated drama, just like that as well. <laughs> what about. What about we just resurrect Celebrity Deathmatch, but we turn it into, like, Super Smash Brothers, and it's all claymation Nintendo figures that actually kill each other? Um. I mean that that could be fun. Anyway, um, that sounds very like early two thousands flash animation to me. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, but like that—that's the thing—is—is is unless unless you're staying true to the properties, like if you stay true to the properties, you can see the exact niche that it's going to be. If you take yep. a lot of liberties with it, um, it's either going to get very disappointing, or who knows, it could be a sleeper hit. But like, I. I kind of agree with James in that maybe they need to focus less on that kind of stuff and more on, you know, giving us more games. I mean, you know, D- 
the only the only kind of cool thing would be like a, a space adventure show with Samus and Metroid and like that'd be kind of cool if it yeah. was yeah. Like if it was dark and Saturday gritty. morning cartoon Star Fox like on <laughs> or every Saturday morning Saturday morning no, well, cartoon Metroid Prime Three. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> no, Star Fox would just be like SWAT cats. You remember that show? <laughs> yeah. So yes. yeah, which was pretty cool. But I mean, like again, that's that's you know, like the violence in those shows was you know typical of the nineties. Like in the modern day, I don't, I feel like that's not really how they do things. So yeah, yeah I mean, like I'm probably like showing my age here, but like if they can make like wacky races into a TV show, like a cartoon series, <laughs> why can't they make Mario Kart into into it? <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, mm. is is Wacky sure. Races still going though? Like, I mean, no. <laughs> but I mean, like, it had a good know, run. It's a perfect time for it to come back. That's the thing. Like the, the, the comedy, the comedy in those shows was of its time. Whereas, like now, it's like you know, you could probably do like just let's just do a show called Goombas, and we just rip off the minions and turn it into you know Goombas instead. So. Yeah, I mean, Riverdale, Riverdale with Animal Crossing characters. Yeah. Oh, dang. Animal Crossing is a deep well for show ideas. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I kind of like the idea. Like, I don't know. I've been vocal before about liking video games, trying at least attempting to kind of get into the movie space. I'm still waiting for that one game that really nails it. Um, Or that one movie, I guess, that really nails it. Um, but I, I like. I guess they're sort of looking at what Disney do right, and they like, the wealth of properties they do. And obviously, Destiny, sorry, Disney's got um, real kind of like deep intellectual property there, and that's what they've always been about. So I guess they kind of got that experience there. But I don't see any reason why they couldn't kind of follow in their footsteps a bit and and translate some of those game properties they've got into you know theme parks like Disney's obviously done and and into Netflix series like the the Zelda one that's been rumored for so long. Um, I think there's a lot of scope for them to do that, and I reckon it'd be be quite exciting. Um, but I guess we'll have to see how it works out. I did want to highlight this one Facebook comment, actually. Um, when we put the post up today, um, Adrian said, uh, Blizzard first, please. Their cinematic game, I guess, it was in, like, on point is kind of uh, what he meant. Because um, they do, like, awesome, the, like, awesome Overwatch kind of animations uh, kind of expanding upon the lore. I think that'd be, like, another... Uh, like another publisher that could do really well in like an uh, entertainment space as well. I mean, Even like, like I think I said it before, those Smash Bros. cinematics. I was just mm. for the directs and stuff. Yeah, like, why isn't this like a show of some sort? Like, it's so fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, kind they of. could do exactly what they sort of do with Overwatch, right? Just kind of like kind of take the characters and expand on the the story well, like, a bit, I guess. Why don't they? Bring wasn't there a World the... of Warcraft movie? Was it? Was yeah. that any good? Yeah, I, Duncan mm, Jones I'd, made it. Yeah. That's David. It, did, it was not good from what I heard. That's I didn't David Bowie's kid, it. if you don't know who that is. Thank yeah, you. Dun- I knew who that was. Duncan Jones <laughs> has done some incredibly good films. Well, one incredibly good film I can think of. Was it Moon? Uh, Moon was really good. Uh, but he also did Source Code, which was pretty good. Yeah. But then he did, yeah, World of Warcraft. Look, and all, all they need to do is bring back Super Mario Brothers Super Show and that awful Donkey Kong CG show and then... Yeah, we're good. <laughs> maybe, that's, no, that's maybe, it's time maybe, to go to the Mario. Yeah, what about maybe a uh, a, a Legend of Zelda show based on um, the Philips CDI games? Great. Uh, Wand, Wand of Gamelon and... Yeah. 
Let's move on. <laughs> uh, well, still on the topic of sorry. movies. <laughs> sorry, Matt. Uh, we do we do have a lot to get through. That's fine. We could spitball ideas around all day. Um, but still speaking of movies, a Harry Potter game has been leaked. Uh, so one minute and 20 seconds of an upcoming Harry Potter RPG uh, was leaked online. I think uh, it cropped up on Reddit first at, with a link to YouTube. Um, reportedly uh, leaked by a focus group attendee. Um, Matt's added some commentary that says Harry Potter flew around and it was cool, which I don't think is accurate at all. I don't think it was Harry Potter at all. It's set like earlier in the 19th century or something, reportedly. Um, Warner Bros. have since taken the video down. Uh, no official developer, no developer has officially been attached to the project yet, although it is speculated to be the work of Avalanche Software, who, uh, who posted job advertisements late last year um, that led people to speculate that they were working on a Wizarding World game. Uh, Stephen, I don't know if we've ever done like uh, a check on your Harry Potter fandom, but would you be keen for this game based on that that footage that was leaked? I would be keen. It was very, very difficult to find this footage. Sort of, I went to go watch it after work the day that it all came out, but it yeah. had all been removed from YouTube at that point, so I had to find yeah. some weird like Vimeo mirror to get, end up getting there. But yeah, I mean, if if it's legit and it looks kind of legit, the fact that it got taken down so quickly and so thoroughly, kind of lends credence to it maybe being an actual thing it, yeah. it looked pretty cool i don't know i'm i'm not a massive massive horror po- horror person harry potter person <laughs> like i i read books up until prisoner of azkaban and then the next okay. one just took too long to come out so i lost interest and never really went back there but like uh-huh. yeah it, it's a cool world i'd be happy to you know create a, a wizard person and go apparently kill goblins by the looks of things that looked kind of more violent than i expected it to yeah, I mean, that's that's one of the things I think they've got like the um oh gosh, I can't remember what those particular like curses are called now. I'm clearly like not win win in Harry Potter. The unforgivable curses, yeah, yeah. They've, unforgivable? I don't know. Yeah, the know, unforgivable yeah, or something, yeah. But like the ones that, you know, can kill people and things. Um so you you sound like you're a bit of a Harry Potter fan there, James, are you? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Never. No, nah, I love Harry Potter, kind of. I'm a bit over Fantastic Beasts already, but okay. Harry Potter's great. Right, okay. So, would, would this game would obviously excite you then? Um, yeah, I think so. Um, I've always liked, you know, even like the shitty Harry Potter games mm-hmm. that came out on Xbox 360 where you walked around Hogwarts, went to class, and then did missions. They were really fun. Yeah. Um, and then they kind of went weird and Gears of Wars-ish. Um, in I just think I remember Hallows. playing Chamber of Secrets on the PS2, I think it was. And yeah, I was about to say, the first three on GameCube, PS2, PS1 and everything were actually quite fun. Yeah, so I had good fun with the PS1 talking. versions. Yeah. Um, but I think it's been a long time coming, really. Like, Harry Potter as a brand, like, I feel like it's still got a lot of... Um, you know, it's very still very popular, uh, even mm-hmm. though, like, it's over, it's people still buy that kind of stuff up in droves yeah for sure all the time um and when i think warner bros was it announced last year that they were they created like a new label for harry potter games specifically um mm. called like port key games or whatever mm. and they were releasing games under that like i was I, and then it was just mobile games i kind of always felt like they would do something a little bit more and hopefully this is it yeah so. 
do you, what do you kind of like make of the the development side of it? Because there's been a like Rocksteady have sort of been thrown around as like another potential developer that could have worked on this. We still don't know officially what they're working on. Um, it's long been rumored to be a, a Justice League game, but there's also been those kind of hoping that it would be a Harry Potter game as well. Did it look kind of more one way or the other to you? Or do you do you think that it's an Avalanche software game rather than a Rocksteady? Just quickly, Avalanche, this is Disney Infinity Avalanche, right? Yes, yes. So not to be confused with the Avalanche um, Studios. Like Just Cause, Mad Max, Rage. Yes, yeah. Two. Yeah. Um, uh, so- to, like, to, to me, like, Avalanche as a studio probably couldn't make something of this scale. Mm. So I'm wondering if they're, like, assisting Rocksteady in some way. Yeah, um, yeah. Despite the like, new hires, obviously. They were yeah, I, like, I know everyone's like, yeah, it's a Justice League game, but I feel like like Harry Potter would be really out of left field for Rocksteady and it'd be something really different for them. Like, I don't see them just doing another superhero game. Yeah. So, yeah. from a creative side of things, I think it makes a bit more sense for them to kind of diversify what they're doing yeah. in terms of making games, whereas... Yeah, I don't know. Just when I think like this is just coming, when you just tell me this is coming from the people who made Disney Infinity, I would be like, oh, yeah, <laughs> like but Rocksteady. cool, but uh. but then Rocksteady, like, like whoa, yeah, you know, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I, like, I think yeah, I think that that's my sense. argument as well. Like uh, looking looking at the footage, to me, it just kind of looked like a Rocksteady game. Like the way that the kind of characters move reminded me a lot of the way that Batman moved in the the Arkham Knight games. Um, and then also the, like when there's that scene where like the shop, sorry, where like he blasts open the doors and the kind of like goblin gets thrown up against the wall, I think with like an ax, like sticking out of his shoulder or whatever. And there's this rapid crash zoom on that animation. And that, that crash zoom to me looked kind of distinctly Rocksteady-esque. Um, but I don't know. That's I could true. Be, I could be reading way too much into it. Like, I, you, like the, the other thing you got to remember is this is early days. They're probably borrowing stuff as well from Rocksteady. Yeah. Like Warner Brothers is probably shuffling assets around so that they can get something together for the focus group. Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. And yeah, it, and maybe I mean maybe they were just focus, focusing like two vertically sliced kind of you know, bits produced by different developers. Like, you know, we like, so like, we could know nothing really at this stage. Like we won't purely know what this is. No. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. Uh, what do you make of all this, Matt? Where do you, where do you come in? Uh, I am keen for it. Um, Uh yeah, no. (laughs) Would would its developer make a difference to you? Would you be more keen if it was a a rock steady game compared to a avalanche? Or are you not not phased either way? I'm just kind of keen to I'm, get wizarding. I'm not too phased either way. I mean, like as you we were saying before, like that whole nostalgia thing. I remember playing the. I, mm-hmm. Was it? P- I, I'm positive it was PS One. Um, there was at least one or two games on the PS One. Um, yeah, definitely. Just yeah. Run, running around as Harry Potter and he's yelling spells that one, it doesn't even sound like him, and two, they're not even <laughs> spells from like Lipendo. exactly, yeah. Um, <laughs> And just blasting everything you possibly could to see, you know, if you could make things work. Um, I have, like, insane flashbacks about... I had, um, uh, I think it was the first one on the Game Boy Color. Um, uh-huh. and, and I got so stuck on that game that I yeah. I put it in the cupboard and never played it again. Um, but no, like, I, I mean, from the video, because uh, we were discussing this as well, like, at one point someone was like, oh, do you think it's fake? And it's like, no, nah, that can't be fake because there's so much effort and 
it, like it looked so mm. crisp and you know so finished for what it was. Um, I mm. think now's probably a good time to sort of re, you know, recapitalize on you know like we're at a point where we're we're being flooded with sort of like everything else, and I feel like it fills a gap that you know isn't really. Yeah, so so it feels it fills a gap for a game that doesn't really exist at the moment. So, um, I think that yeah, it'll be it'll be good when it comes out. Um, and yeah, regardless of the developer, I think that yeah, like a, a Harry Potter game or a you know a Wizarding World game because I don't you know if it's not got Harry Potter, if it's set before Harry Potter, then clearly they're not going to call it Harry Potter. Um, yeah. But I feel yeah, like, I, yeah, it's a... Uh, yeah. I feel like they're having such a hard time, like, building this Wizarding World brand. Like, no one is prepared to adopt it, really. Like, it's all, well, yeah, that's... like, Harry Potter this, Harry Potter that. It's like, this This has got nothing to do with the character of Harry Potter, by the sounds of things. That's, like, that's the all... thing. I mean, like, you know, uh, uh, Middle-Earth, Shadow of War, and, and yeah. you know, whatever. They, they did well, sort of, you know, creating a game that wasn't exactly Lord of the Rings, but it was in the Lord of the Rings universe. So, I mean, yeah. you know, I think it's a bit harder because, you know, you've got a lot of diehard fans of the Harry Potter series, but for some reason they're a little apprehensive to touch anything that doesn't sort of say either Harry Potter or Fantastic Beasts because they're established names for those, you know, those franchises. If they turn around and say, it's oh, it's Wizarding World or whatever then mm. I, I feel like people are a little less apprehensive. And add to the fact that, like, yeah, as you were saying before with the goblins and, like, how violent it looked, I was actually pretty shocked and seeing that video and going, that's a little more than what we've ever seen in, you know, especially in the movies or whatever. I know the books get a little more, you know, a little darker and stuff like that. But, yeah, um, yeah it was just, that was that was sort of almost confronting in a way because it's like you're going oh this is this is the world of the world of the wizards and the world of harry potter and oh my god you're basically crushing goblins and like pinning them to walls with swords and stuff so mm. yeah um yeah i'm i'm no well, i'm keen though i'm keen i'm keen yeah i i share your excitement i hopefully uh we find out more about it soon um but now is the time of the show where we play What the Wiki. A reminder that What the Wiki is the Starcast game show where the host reads part of a Wikipedia page for an unknown game and you, the contestants, must guess the game. Of course, you can play along. Um, thanks to the official What the Wiki keeper of the score at Jamie Penning over on Twitter. Uh, we have a recap from last week in which James took over the hosting duties, uh, leaving Shannon and Ewan to duke it out. I embarrassed myself, silly. Um, it was a slow start. Shannon and I couldn't, uh, couldn't get to the first game, uh, but Shannon took out the points in the end. Um, so, as it stands, James is out in the lead on 11 points. Brody and Steven at 6, Matt on 4, Shannon on 2. Uh, I am still scoreless, obvious, obviously. Uh, but contestants, if you're ready, Stephen, you've got an opportunity. Matt, Matt, and Stephen, you both got an opportunity to close in on James, and James another opportunity to extend that lead out even further. Contestants, if you're ready, I will read the first game. Bring it. Ready as I'll ever be. Uh, what if I said I wasn't ready? I, I don't, honestly don't know. Then you're I'll disqualified. Tell you, <laughs> I'll tell you to get out. I would I would be like, what's it going to take for you to be ready? And uh, I I don't know. I'd Whatever your answer was from there. Put your wizarding with pants that, on, James. Don't don't start issuing no. me a rider now, James, all right? Don't let this lead get to your head, all right? 
You're not <laughs> you're not better than all of us yet. Not until you win this season. But we are getting close to the end of it. So uh, no. yeah, time's running out, guys. Uh, game number one is uh, recommended by our official What the Wiki Keeper score at Jamie Penning as well. The game is an action role playing game with strategy elements. The flow of the game consists of the player preparing at their base, going to the battlefield to achieve their objectives, and then returning to their base again. The game includes the possibility of permanent death for the characters, but players are able to retry if one of them dies. The story of the game is told in Medeus Res. I think I pronounced that correctly, but if I have, sorry. In Medeus Res, as a Jutland student working on a paper about the five traitors, seeks to learn more about their history and the war between Jutland and the Ruzi Empire. Ruzi Emperor? I hope I'm pronouncing all this correctly. His teacher, Rochelle, frequently interrupts the game to elaborate on certain points within the story as told to her by her great-great-grandmother, who was a teacher to the Jutish princess at the time. (laughs) The game action... The game is an action role-playing video game developed by Media Vision for the PlayStation 4, PlayStation Vita, and Xbox One. It was released in Japan in January 2017 and worldwide in June 2017. It is a spin-off of the Valkyria Chronicles series. James. James? Mm. <laughs> Stephen, why did you get this before? <laughs> I Is it Valkyria Revolution? It is Valkyria Revolution. Uh, well done, James. I haven't played that because it looked like trash. <laughs> Well, I just... That's the only one that's on Xbox, isn't it? I'm pretty sure. I think so, yeah. Uh, (laughs) Gave it away for me. Right, there you go. You just had to be sure it was a Valkyria Chronicles game. Was that? Yeah. I figured at that point I had to kind of give you guys some more clues, so that's why I mentioned the series. Uh, James James just needs to get get one more then to uh, secure the points this round. Uh, oh, okay. I should note as well that this week I've actually thrown in some like press releases as well as Wikipedia pages. Ooh. I'm shaking it up. I'm just shaking it up a little bit. Sometimes the press releases are fun. An important controversial topic presented in an insightful and detailed manner. The game presents a challenge to those who would rule the reefer, offering a series of diverse scenarios and unique characters to work with Hmm. or around as your budding empire grows. Yeah, I'm getting the puns. (laughs) Whether you choose to hobnob with politicians, pay off the popo, fight the medical marijuana rights, or work the legal system, it's all in the name of the sticky icky... Stephen? Like, this is not it, but all I can think of is drug wars on the graphics calculator I had in high school. (laughs) (laughs) I I mean, we've done some pretty obscure games on the show before, but I don't know about any graphics calculator games. Uh, No, it's not. Um, Fortunately, you're very close to the end of the paragraph, so you can have another go in a sec. It's all in the name of the sticky icky and your cutthroat corporate profits. That's the end of the paragraph, so Stephen, you're back in. Would-be Mary Jane moguls would need to prioritize resources carefully as they manage the production and distribution of their weed. Cultivate killer plants, crossbreed them to create unique strains of the devil's lettuce, hire and manage a growing staff, and be prepared to take on the competition. As in real life, the business of bud presents plenty of opportunity along with a plethora of problems. Decide when and where to take on extra risk to maximize profit, but be careful, the cops and politicians are all working their own angles. No guesses yet? No. It was announced this week. There's some trash steam garbage game, I'm sure. (laughs) It was announced this week. I've got one more paragraph. Casual stoners, Devolver Digital, and Wake and Bake Enthusiasts, Vile Monarch 
but the people behind Crush Your Enemies and Oh Sir announced the burgeoning legal pot industry's first fully-fledged tycoon game. Coming to PC in 2019, the game explores the business of producing, breeding, and selling weed in America, delving deep into the financial, political, and cultural aspects of the country's complex relationship with this troublesome and promising plant. No guesses? You guys were reading my articles this week. James, I feel like it is Animal Crossing. You should say Animal Crossing. (laughs) (laughs) They've replaced the stalk market. (laughs) All right, five, four, three, two, one. It's Weedcraft Inc. Okay. It is is a a tycoon game um, coming out, yeah, sometime next year uh, to PC where you have to try and create a prosperous marijuana business. Like, I get it, but no. <laughs> I don't know how many euphemisms they can make for weed in one press release, but I, I know, guess I just I was found so out. impressed. <laughs> is that just because they don't have a Wikipedia page? Uh, yeah, I don't, think they, I don't think there is a Wikipedia page for it. So, yeah, I grabbed the... Uh, I, uh, I did read that headline, release. but I just I probably like thought it was Warcraft and just scrolled past. Yeah, <laughs> but I, no. as a side note, I cannot see this game being approved classification in Australia. Could be really tough. <laughs> um, but I guess we'll have to see... All right, uh, so do I have enough of a tiebreaker? Uh, maybe, we'll see. Um, oh, game, number, game number three. The game lets you take control of its titular character, the bot captain of a ship on a miscue to rush in its lost crew, who are scattered over five planets. You will be running, jumping, and punching throughout 26 stages across five worlds, each ending with an epic boss fight. Matt? This is, Matt? Is it Astro Bot? It is Astrobot. Well done. Oh dang! Sorry, that I, wasn't the full title. It, it, that was Astrobot VR. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's not either. I win. <laughs> um, it's I'm in a tricky spot now. I don't know. Uh, you can have the point, Matt. You can have the point to keep it oh. interesting. It is Astrobot. Yeah, um, a game that I very much need to play because it got some crazy good reviews in the week. Yeah, what the hell? Like I've seen trailers for it when it was sort of being promoted before. I'm like, oh, this looks like some weird game. I don't quite understand why it's in VR. And then it's getting all yeah. these like nines and tens. I'm like, and yeah. like, this is the Mario 64 moment for VR. Like, what, yeah, what is going on? What yeah. is this game? I know, very impressive, but. Uh... Yeah, I think well well worth checking out. I'm going to have to try and find the time and set the VR back up. Uh, okay, so Matt and James, you guys are both out on a point. So if one of you guesses the next game, you'll be taking the points. But Stephen can still guess the next and remain in the competition. Um, hopefully it doesn't stump you again. The combat of the game combines action RPG elements and reaction-based moves, which allow the player to dodge attacks and avoid damage. The game features jump mechanics, which is used in combat and in solving vertical puzzles and reaching secret map areas. The player assumes the role of a demon hunter who arrives in the fantasy city of Zagaravia to help its inhabitants fight off a demon infestation of unknown origin. The game is an action role-playing game developed by the Bulgarian independent development studio Hamamont Games, probably spelled in pronounce that wrong uh the game is published on steam by euro video median it is it entered steam early access in february 2015 and the final version was released in july 2015 uh the setting of the game resembles gothic fantasy fairy tales where both magic and science have a place in the world the title exited early access in july 24th 2015 and after port steven 
I don't know if this is the title, but is it that Van Helsing game? Uh, uh, flipping, I don't know the no, full title. It's not, uh, no, I'm sorry. Okay. No. Oh, James. James. <laughs> Victor Vran. It is Victor Vran. Uh, well done, James. <laughs> Stephen, you gave it to me. Amazing. You're, you're welcome. <laughs> you just, just needed such a good that, friend. that prompt. Did He's you? Googling the yeah. answers. <laughs> uh, I hope you're not, James. Um, yeah, no. it is Victor what? Vran. Uh, I, I think it's one of the... It came out on Switch this week or last week. Uh, yes. Didn't it? Oh, yeah, no, sorry. It came out in August. There was a Switch port that was released on August 28th, 2018. Oh, so why are we talking about it? It was in the news this week because I'm fairly sure it's one of the Xbox um, games with the gold for this month. Oh, yeah. Well, I thought it came out on Switch this week. Sorry. You were pretty close. You are pretty close. <laughs> sorry, it, has, it has come out on Switch <laughs> relatively recently. It was two months. <laughs> two months ago. Uh, well done, James. You are out in lead on 12 points now. You've, you've, yeah, you're, you're double out on these guys now. It's uh, pretty formidable. But uh, hopefully you guys can do it, I guess. <laughs> to be fair, that was all Steven's fault. That was all Steven's fault. Damn it, I should have got Valkyria. Uh, I'm frustrated. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you guys need to like band together like Survivor, just like plot to get me out. I mean, just, like, I'm just gonna, maybe I'm just we gonna... could just shake things up and it's like everyone against James. Like I'm just every... gonna donate my points to <laughs> Stephen. And I found an immunity idol. Uh, oh shit! <laughs> uh, what do we do, <laughs> Stephen? I'm Stephen, playing it now, Stephen. That's not <laughs> okay. that's not how Tinder works, Stephen. Dang it. <laughs> Uh, With that, let's bring an end to what was episode 157 of the Startcast. Subscribe to us on Podcast One, iTunes, or any other podcast service of your choice. Follow us at press.au and visit the site at press.com.au. You can join the conversation conversation using hashtag the Startcast. We've been joined today by Stephen. Hi, um, I'm at Stephen Impson on the social things. Uh, Follow me for good photos of desserts recently. Nice, delicious. I'm going to have to check them out. Uh, we've also been joined today by Matt. Stephen, please tell me that by desserts you don't mean you've covered yourself in whipped cream. Um, <laughs> I will say nothing. <laughs> uh, yeah, you can you can hit me up on social. Um, what's my things again? Oh, Instagram at MatthewVZ, um, Twitter at MVZamari, and no, I will not make them the same thing. How uh, how stressed out were you the other day when Instagram went down? Um, I was so stressed that I put my phone in my pocket and drove home from work, and when I got home, it was fine. So, wow! Oh, yeah. geez, that's, that's yeah, it's quite a dramatic reaction. <laughs> uh, we've also been joined today by James. Yes, I was here. <laughs> <laughs> you can you can find me on Twitter as always. That's James. So A T J A M Z, and you can follow me. For something. I don't know what. <laughs> screenshots of Assassin's Creed. Creed. Screenshots, yeah. Yeah, or I can just make a funny tweet in between. There are some but There are some funny tweets. Make fun of him about Resident Evil. Did you say funny tweets? <laughs> funny, I meant to say tweets. I don't know what I said. I meant to I'm say not funny posting tweets. any of those. <laughs> it's, at the, it's at the end of the podcast. We've gone way over time. We're in the 50th minute. I'm delirious. Oh, and no. I've been your host, yeah, Ewan Roxborough. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Ewan underscore Roxborough. Thanks again for tuning in. And until next time, happy gaming. Bye. See ya. Good night. <laughs>